0: Another example, you know, between the vast gap between Senator Byrd, the former Senator Byrd, whom we love dearly and was a great orator and a great intellectual, and what's sitting in the House of Representatives now. Okay, Representative Sue Myrick, a Republican, no surprise, of North Carolina, is pressing uh, Homeland Security Secretary Napolitano for more surveillance of Hezbollah operations along the U.S.-Mexico border. You might ask why, Dave. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm speechless, but okay. Why? What? Quote. Former intelligence officials, Mm -hmm. maybe this is like Gohmert's uh, uh, retired FBI guy, Mm -hmm. it's always former Former. former intelligence officials have pointed to the terrain that makes up our border, especially in the San Diego border sector, as a reason why drug cartels have been partnering with Hezbollah. This terrain is very much like the areas around Israel's borders, and as well, Hezbollah is extremely skilled in the construction of tunnels. Oh, of course.
1: Uh, uh, why, yes. Um, so why is Hezbollah doing this just because they have, like, his— Well, it's like their, home. Like, well, like hiring, you know, uh, somebody that knows how to, you know, mine for gold. They come over and they teach you how to mine for gold. This is But
0: digging tunnels is— Digging tunnels the, and bringing drugs in and doing, some, and doing something know. bad because that's what Hezbollah's around for. Oh, boy. Well, get thee to Gaza. This one from the Grey Lady. Only on Wall Street, in the rarefied realm of buyout moguls, could you actually have, at this point in time, too much money. Private equity firms, where corporate takeovers are planned and plotted, today sit atop an estimated $500 billion. But the deal makers are desperate to find deals worth doing, and the clock is ticking. Why not just take it away from them? In recent years, private investment firms have amassed business empires rivaling the mightiest public corporations, buying up household names like Hilton Hotels, Dunkin' Donuts, and Neiman Marcus. Critics contend the leverage buyouts can saddle takeover targets with dangerous levels of debt. Yeah, let me tell you one quickie on this: Michael Milken, the man that uh, you know came out of jail where he, bloody well belonged, you know, with with cancer and without his toupee. Well, one of the deals he put together when he was creating all of this junk bond leverage buyout, because most of it is done with junk bonds, bought up. Uh, And took over a timber company in California that was so saddled with junk debt that they had to go and cut down all the virgin redwoods on the land they owned, which they had deferred from doing for a lot of good reasons. So Michael Milken should give all of his money to the poor, go out into the redwood forest, maybe up there in Mendocino, and cry and pray for forgiveness. I could probably do the same thing. Anyway, uh, yeah. But unlike indebted homeowners, highly leveraged companies under the care of private equity have so far dodged the big bust many have predicted. After an unprecedented burst of buyouts during the boom leading up to 2008, a vast majority of these companies are hanging on. Whether they will avoid a reckoning is uncertain. And when the reckoning comes... You think it's they, those boys that are, that are going to get it in the keister? I don't think so, unless we set it up that way. Public pension funds, public pension funds, university endowments, insurance companies and other institutions have pledged to invest many billions with these Wall Street wankers, provided these high-rolling bozos can find companies to buy. What are public pension funds and universities doing handing you know money over to these tumblers? Private equity funds generally tie up investors' money for 10 years, but they typically they have to invest all the money within the first three to five years. Uh, or they have to kind of give the money back with interest. All right, here are some of the uh, industry's biggest players. David Rubenstein of the Carlyle Group. The Carlyle Group, that's where old Bush and all those Saudis sit around wanking each other. The Carlyle Group, Henry Kravis of Kohlberg Kravis Roberts and David Bonderman of TPG. I don't know what that stands for, a terrible public groping, who knows. They have more than $10 billion apiece in uncommitted capital, which is known as dry powder on the street. Well, guys, hurry up and find some corporations to plunder before the American public goes totally populous and makes you Invested in libraries, homeless shelters, Head Start programs, school lunches, crumbling bridges and hospices, not exactly your hot shots cup of tea. And you know what the big problem is, is that $500 billion is in the hands of people who have never done a lick of practical work. They don't know a widget from a wombat. You, They don't know about machine tooling. They don't know about motherboards. They don't know about going to work. All they know is taking over things, the spreadsheet. That's it. They bow down to the spreadsheet. They don't see the people. They don't see the pain. They don't believe in progress. All they believe in is numbers, and they're killing us by the numbers.
1: It's almost over,
0: Jimmy and we're back where it all began. We're here in No Man's Park, the tiny square of weeds where Ducktown was born. With me here in this field are field reporters, Peter Protector,
1: how do you do? Charles Garage, and the little voice in my ear, our producer, Thatch Switcher. Thank you. Glad to be well, you're the oldest, Charles, kick it off. Well, from here, Ed, I think the big story is visualization. Just look at this sodden postage stamp of ground. Over there, you know, originally we had a few merchants, some settlers, some pilgrims, some trappers, some soldiers. They all had buckles on their shoes, and uh, these soldiers would have all been in armor. Just folks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, over here, <laughs> all over there. there were uh, some Indians, uh, Mohawks, Buttes, and uh, wraparounds, all dressed up and looking like courier and Ives. Mm, Guardians, Guardians of, the, of this pol- sacred, sacred land. land. Excuse me. <laughs> and in between, this sumptuous feast, untouched as yet by hand of man. Mm, I <laughs> like some of that. <laughs> well, the the leader of the white man spoke. Let's swap them Indians, mm, he said. Oh. The Indians, of course. Uh, nothing to say. And so, of course, they said uh, nothing. nothing. Well, I think we can agree that was a typical scene, uh, gentlemen, one which uh, was to be repeated thousands of times. In the thousands of times. To come. Uh, except... The first one was different. Yes. Well, well, why did the first one have to be different? No, here's the thing. It didn't seem any different at first. No, 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 no. You see, uh, one of the soldiers walked over to one of the Indians and he uh, throttled him like, like this. Oh sorry. oh, sorry! Sorry, old man. Well, uh, you can bet that that made the white folks in the buckled shoes as proud as punch manifest <laughs> destiny right, the captain of the ship That Indian is good and dead Said the minister's wife A dead Indian is good Cleverly rejoined the captain of the dragoons The only good engine is a dead engine," Said a little boy And they all applauded (laughs) Uh, And you know they were about to let the little boy eat the Indian's heart Yum yum (laughs) When someone I think it was the minister Reminded them that they were all Christians And eating the heart of an Indian isn't really something Christ would do (laughs) No no no, (laughs) no Oh The Indian didn't say anything because of course he was dead. Good heavens, exclaimed the chief of the Indians. These people not friendly. Hmm, depend on what you mean by friendly. Said the medicine man. Depend on what you mean by people. Said the chief. (laughs) And he shot an arrow at the soldier which bounced off the soldier's armor.
0: Na, na, na,
1: na. Exclaimed the minister's wife, and she raised her Buckley musket. Go. Said the musket, and a couple of Indians fell dead, clutching their intestines, <laughs> which spilled out on this ground. Well, folks, this really got things going. There was a lot of shooting and dodging behind trees and skulking and so on. The Indians killed a few settlers, and these settlers killed a lot. Of and the feast was still untouched except for those musket Yes, and it looked like democracy was being made safe for America. When all of a sudden, gentlemen, a very strange and unprecedented thing happened. What happened was, and you know this uh, does sound a little strange. <laughs> yes. Well, what happened was, well, all the white people turned into black people. <laughs> like that. Now you may think this amazed and befuddled the Indians. Oh, not so. All the Indians turned into Chinese. <laughs> oh, this was quite a turn of events. Then folks, a funny thing happened. All the settlers took off their buckles and girdles and started dancing and painting each other. And, and a few days later, somehow uh, We think it was the minister... ...said... What about this war we was a having? Oh, wait, wait a minute. What was we fighting about? I think we are going to take their land. Oh, that's unthinkable. And besides, what do you mean, their land? Hey, I dig it. It's no man's land. Ah, yes. Well, you see, after only a short hesitation, the black people and the yellow people got together socially. And a little hanky panky took place amongst the younger (laughs) folk. And everything got sort of blended together. Till one day they all looked around (laughs) and there was nothing but. Indians. That's right, folks. Absolutely nothing. But Indians. You see? And here comes the headline. The definition of an Indian is... White man. Who becomes a black man. Who becomes a yellow man. Who becomes a white man. Who becomes a black man. Who becomes a yellow man. Well, some may say that's an oversimplification. Well, it is an oversimplification. Yes, I agree, But from here today, it looks to us like it's better than killing people. Doesn't it? Don't you think? No, I'd agree. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, I think, so. I, think so. So no, I don't either. think we should kill anyone. Should we wrap no, this? No, no, uh, I agree with Let's that. get out of the rain. <clears throat> oh, yeah. That's a very good idea. Good program. We had very good show. Good show, man. Good show. Thank you. Can we have a playback, please? Why do we do it again? Well, that's the end of their broadcast and our broadcast and and Independence from America Day.
0: Yeah, well, tomorrow it's back to the red, white, and black and blue, because this is Radio Free Oz, brought to you by the Oz Team. David Osmond's a co-host. I'm your host, Peter Bergman. John Cummings does the ones and zeros. Phil Fountain does all the beautiful graphics. Tom Goodwillow is on top of the website. Chaz Glass does the financials. He spreads the spreadsheets. Dave Maloney does the recording. Ain't it beautiful? Bill McIntyre produces it. Scott Wild makes sure we're up there in the social media. See you tomorrow for another year in Inside America. Hurrah Ah, hurrah hurrah. hooray.